Hey, what's up? I'm Jacob Zimmerman, also known as DJ Zim, here on Radio Dixie. Today, I have a really special guest. It's Officer Jason Jones. He's a member of the Murrieta Police Department, and we're going to do an interview today to try to create a better relationship between citizens and police officers, as well as learn a few personal things about Jason himself. Jason, say hi. Hi, everybody. All right. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Awesome. That's great to hear. So first question, what is your favorite part about your job? Favorite part of me being a police officer for me is knowing that I am there to help somebody when they call, uh, you know, be that uh, a 911 call, uh, you know, their car's broken down, they need help with directions. Uh, you know, it, we, we run into such a wide spectrum of things, you know, and just being an officer just sort of exposes me and, and allows me to, to interact with people that are needing assistance in one form or another. And it's just very satisfying for me to be that person that somebody's reaching out to for help. That is awesome to hear. So speaking of helping people, has your excitement of going to help people, the level of excitement, has it changed ever since you started first working? <laughs> uh <laughs> You know, it, I think with any job, you know, it kind of comes and goes. Uh, I know that I, I still do look forward to getting up and, uh, you know, and going to work. Uh, I, I do remember, though, when we first started, you know, there is just that total excitement. Like, you just don't want to leave work. Uh, and it, and it, you lose that a little bit. But uh, I think after 18 years, I can easily say that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very close to being just as excited to go to work uh, tomorrow as I was the first day. So recently in the media and kind of throughout 2020, there has been quite a lot of conflict between citizens and police officers. And just it's been in the media a lot this year, specifically on the George Floyd incident. What has your department done in response to this? Oh, that's a great question. You know, in our department, uh, we have prohibited the use of the carotid restraint. Uh, The carotid restraint is... uh, uh, you know, the the restrictive uh, hold that we use to control a, a violent subject by stopping the, the blood flow to the brain temporarily uh, so that you basically pass out and we're able to affect the handcuffing or get that person into custody. Uh, it's It's been proven effective. It's been proven safe. Uh, and it's, it's a highly effective tool when used properly in the right situations. Um, you know, our department, just as a matter of policy, mostly throughout California as well, they've suspended the use of that that restraint, um, which is interesting because that wasn't a restraint that was used during the George Floyd uh, incident. Uh, but because it's, you know, like you said, it's a very high profile thing. You know, we're we're modifying what we're doing to uh, to be more uh, transparent with the public and to uh, you know explore other options. Uh, we've also implemented. Uh, the body-worn cameras, uh, those have been uh, on our radar for quite some time. Uh, the timing on those is, is just, I think, a little coincidental, but uh, we, had, we had implemented those uh, and just changed the policy slightly in, uh, you know, how we uh, use the body cams, what we are recording, uh, you know, the length of storage, uh, things like that. There's been a few tweaks to the policy, but Nothing really major. Uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to work in a department where, uh, you know, our policies are very strong and we all 
uh, you know, follow the, you know, statutory and case law uh, so that, you know, we're, we're doing the best job that we can for the public. I like to hear those improvements. So how does environment dictate the probability of somebody breaking the law? Environment. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think environment, you know, we, we can, we can use a couple of definitions of environment. Uh, you know, the physicality, socioeconomic environment, uh, you know, geographical environment. Uh, you know, I, I think they all do play a hand uh, in, in how, how that affects uh, the public and the public reaction and, uh, you know, the propensity for someone to commit a crime. Uh, you know, there, there's so many factors. Uh, it, from the outside, it seems so easy to say, well, well, you know, if you're in a, uh, you know, financially depressed area and you're going to be committing more crime, or if you're, you know, in this part of the country, you know, you're going to, you're more apt to commit more crime, but uh, it, it really just depends so much on all of those factors. You, you really can't point to one and say, yes, this is a precursor to crime. Uh, you know, we have wealthy committing crimes. We have poor committing crimes. We have all manner of races, the gender, you know, it's, it's across the board. Uh, but I think the types of crimes perhaps are different. Um, so environment, yeah, it, it does definitely play uh, a role, I think, in the propensity to commit crime. And then also, as a secondary factor, what crimes are being committed. You talked about an outside look. Do you think the media fairly covers incidents that involve police officers? No. Uh, short answer, no. Uh, I, I really do wish that uh, the media was uh, a little more neutral uh, in a lot of things, I think, that we're dealing with today. Uh, the, the media, uh, social media, mainstream media, are definitely driving the attitude and the climate and the temperature of, of the country and, you know, especially even locally, uh, you know, with respect to, you know, the United States. It's, it's unfortunate to see the bias. Uh, and, and unfortunately, you know, I, I, I do see that firsthand. Uh, you know, there have been several examples of uh, incidents that we've had locally, uh, not with so much our department, but uh, with neighboring departments. Uh, and I have firsthand knowledge. I, I was there at the incident. I know all of the facts relating to that incident. And that incident will not be uh, broadcast or made public accurately by the media. And, and it's unfortunate because as a police department, our stance is not to go out and try and correct or, uh, you know, lock horns with the media. But we, we do try to just control uh, the rumors and, and the misinformation with press releases. Uh, that's always going to be your most accurate form of information is uh, an official press release uh, or statement from the department. Uh, the departments are, are not there to try and cover things up. They're, they're there to, you know, be the uh, objective, uh, you know, recorder of fact. Uh, and and it's, it's unfortunate that the media is not uh, following those same rules uh, across the board. That is unfortunate. And speaking of the media and other things I'm seeing, 
What is your reaction to people who say that the police force should be defunded? I'm concerned. (laughs) Uh, You know, not obviously because it it would mean me losing my job. I think that, you know, the police force is necessary. And and that that was made clear way back uh, in history, you know, that that we've always needed uh, a security force or a, a police force of some type to keep law and order. Uh, I think that, you know, when we talk about defunding the police, uh, there there are a, diff- a couple of different um, strategies. You know, one is defund it completely and have this neighborhood group uh, just sort of be their own watchdogs. Uh, it's akin to letting the cat watch the milk, uh, which is never a good idea. Uh, you know, the other side of it is, you know, defunding certain aspects or reducing funding for the police and then... Uh, channeling that funding to other things like more therapy, uh, counseling, and things like that. Uh, The the police department, as well as the fire department, have really filled a large gap in the services that are available. The fire department, uh, you know, goes out and and does all kinds of things other than fighting fire because there isn't a a good uh, shoulder to, to tap or a belly button to push, so to speak, you know, with with response to all a lot of these different types of calls and the police department is no exception. We, we have taken on the role of counselor, of mediator, of parent sometimes as, you know, protector, uh, you name it. You know, I, I wear 50 different hats over a given shift. Um, so defunding to me is, is a scary thing because I don't think that we have a good system in place to, take those responsibilities that the police department and the fire department have uh, from us and effectively manage them, uh, you know, in, in compartmentalized uh, practices or professions. Whether it's citizens of St. George or citizens of the United States, I think it's hard for us all to fathom the real danger that you're in on a, every given day. Have you ever been shot or have you had to fire your weapon? If so, explain the situation if you feel comfortable. You know, I've, I've been very fortunate. I worked uh, in, in East L.A. Uh, for several years in the beginning of my career, uh, and I've worked in Marietta now for uh, 13 years. Uh, and, and fortunately, you know, I, I never have had to shoot anybody. Uh, I, I have discharged my firearm, but it's to, you know, euthanize an animal. Uh, on a couple of occasions uh, that have been involved in traffic collisions and such. Um, So I'm very fortunate in that regard. Uh, I have been in the area of shootings, uh, you know, with gunfire, but I've never actually had to to use my weapon uh, against another person, which uh, I'm I'm very, very thankful for. You know, we we as officers are are provided or given uh, an unbelievable amount of power uh, by the people, uh, you know, to take a person's life if we have to. Uh, and I think that that is a power that, that none of us uh, hope to ever wield. Uh, and it's, it's something that's taken with extreme uh, care. That is not something that, that any of us want to go out and, and do. Uh, that is literally the last resort. So while on the job, what is the most kind of common kind of call that you guys get? I think uh, locally for us, it's just the uh, the the air quote suspicious incident. 
something that doesn't look right or normal or out of place and someone's noticing an anomaly of some type and they call just to have us come out and make sure that everything's good. Uh, and, I, you know, we, we have a lot of people that are apologetic because we go out and we, we, we handle those calls and it ends up being nothing, nothing like what it looks like. But, uh, I, you know, I, I will always tell people I would much rather have you call and have us come out and have it be nothing than have you not call and have it be something. You know, give me the opportunity to go out there and, and squash your curiosity and check the situation. We rely heavily on our, our citizens, you know, our residents in, in each individual neighborhood uh, to look out and, and look for things that aren't right, you know, in their neighborhood. We don't live on your street. You know, we're, we're only there for a few hours a day or, you know, a few minutes a shift sometimes. So we rely heavily on the people that live in those communities to be the litmus test for us, like what's normal and what's not. So I think the suspicious incidents, you know, just sort of a, a random hodgepodge of stuff. So early you talked about the last thing you want to do is go out and have to use your firearm. What should be the punishment for an officer if they make a fatal mistake? Wow. Uh, you know, the word mistake is, is I think, the, the linchpin in that question. Uh, if it is a mistake, it's a mistake. I think that, that that officer should be held to the same level as anyone else that would make a similar fatal mistake. Now, if that officer is acting with malice or, uh, you know, uh, against any law that is prescribing or re- prohibiting uh, that action, then they should absolutely be held accountable to the same standard as everybody else. I don't think that any officer is above the law. And we've seen, uh, you know, recently, you know, those those officers that are not following policy, procedure, uh, and law uh, be held accountable. And, I, and I'm glad to see that. For my last question, I'll ask, what does the future of police officers hold, and what should young men and women be doing if they want to get into the police force? Uh, the police force is is always changing. Uh, we we relate it almost to the pendulum of a clock. You know, it it moves one way and then it moves the other way and it, and it moves left and right of what I would call center. Uh, you know, whatever that is. Uh, but we're always seeing change and flux uh, in the police force and in laws, uh, and and it's it's never at rest. It's always in motion. Uh, I think that anybody wanting to to get on. Uh, the police force uh, is to uh, obtain a bachelor's degree in anything. Uh, I think it shows a level of commitment and higher education uh, and maturity that, that I think departments are looking for. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be in the criminal justice field, uh, literally a business management degree, uh, uh, you know, sociology degrees, uh, management degrees are, are highly sought after and, and very valuable for you. Again, we, we do so many different things uh, in, in a day uh, that, that one degree wouldn't cover all of it. Uh, I think that the bachelor's degree is important, and I think that going out and seeking out information from officers, doing ride-alongs, checking with your local department or the departments that you're going to, and talking with officers and finding out you know what it is that drives them. You know, Make sure that you're getting into this profession for the right reasons. You know, if, 
if you're not willing to wave and say hello to everybody that you meet and, and help anybody that comes along, you're, you're there for the wrong reason. Well, that is our time. That concludes this Eye on Dixie interview. Thank you so much, Officer Jones, for stopping by. It's my pleasure. I wish you guys all uh, a great school career and, and the best of luck. And best of luck to you as well. Thank you.